you know, I, the more I think about it, the more I realize that there are a few really good sports months in the year, but I, I love October in the moment. It, it's so hard for me not to go with this one between real football and then playoff baseball Hockey's coming back. Basketball's on its way. I know that March and April have a ton of fun stuff too, but I'm just such a big fan of October in general. I get it. I get it. Uh, and March and April are kind of combined words. It's right. Like, you're right. Not really I picking think a that's month. part you're picking of it. A, you're, you're picking an end in a beginning of a of a month. Yeah, almost kind a of season unfair. at that point. So. A season, right? So I can't blame you for saying October is the best because. We see NFL games because right. that March April time. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I say You're reading the draft. mock drafts, yeah, yeah, reading mock drafts, and that's kind of fun, especially since my team blows now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but you get to watch actual football games in October, uh, and and then you get to watch playoff baseball, and and then, like you said, NBA and NHL come back. Yeah, and I mean, you do get the XFL and like those other spring leagues, but it's nowhere near the same. So I mean, I'm not putting that in the category. Yeah, I know. Of why I, I know. like There's... March and April. I, uh-huh. uh, it's it's because of March Madness and the Masters and and then NFL draft and NBA and, and then NBA and NBA playoffs. and NHL playoffs are starting. So yeah. that's why, like, even though NFL is the best. Yeah, you don't. It's like the one sport where you don't see games, but so everything I, else I get is it. going on. So yeah, I, I understand. It is a back and forth at times. Another thing with October, I just I love the fall season. Just you know, I feel like we've talked about this before with the weather. It's it's no longer super hot in the summer, but it's not quite as bad as winter. I'm a huge pumpkin fan. Like every year, it's more and more for me. Like I'm constantly drinking pumpkin spice coffees and pumpkin beers. And Halloween is such a fun month. Thanksgiving, my birthday is in September, so like there's a lot going on this this time frame all around with uh with football as well. So yeah, I totally I totally get it. And as I've gotten older, I think I like fall more i mean it's it's always been just fuck winter yep yep. (laughs) and summer is not as fun now of course because like when you're much younger like oh we have no school so right you can hang out and it's fun when you're like you know at a pool yeah when you're you're in elementary school something no yeah yeah and you're and you're hanging at the beach for summer Uh, but as i've gotten older like yeah summer's not, not fun as, during the week when you have to go to work it's, on a Tuesday yeah. and it's 92 degrees out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's interchangeable for me when it comes to spring, summer, and fall. Uh, but I, I will say, I would say spring or fall are probably the top two now. And, you know, instead of summer used to be one, now it's probably three. But yeah, it I always mean, depends I, on what you're doing <laughs> during the uh, year, too. Like if you're traveling, right. when you're traveling. Yeah, you're also a March birthday, so... That too, yeah. That, that helps the spring. <laughs> Although I think it technically falls under winter, uh, especially early in early March in New Hampshire. That's, that's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> so anyway, yes, fall, October sports are great for the most part. Um, you know, I, I think that you and I both appreciate the NFL and football in general. Um, it's more fun when your teams are playing well, though, and. Uh, you know, I, I think that both of us have had reasons to complain and only so many reasons to be happy and celebrate. And last week when we did this episode, we combined the Patriots and the Steelers because there were a lot of similarities in how their week four games played out. Week five, there were still some similarities. Basically, both teams uh, were 
greeted by boos by the paying customers as they ran off the field on seemingly every offensive possession. Uh, but the big difference is somehow Steelers fans left Akershire Stadium happy and in shock that their team managed to pull out an unlikely win, while Patriots fans were replaced with mostly empty red seats by the fourth quarter of their 34 to nothing loss to the Saints. So let's start with that game and let's put the focus there. And uh, I mean, it's pretty simple. The Patriots are on Caleb Williams watch at this point. I, I hope they can get Caleb Williams. It's not going <laughs> to happen because right. they'll, the, what will happen is they'll, they won't get the number one pick, but they'll get near probably a top five pick at this point. And then they'll trade out of the first round and get a few second rounders and spend those second rounders on, uh, a guard, a punter, and a long snapper. See, and that so. that is all assuming that Bill Belichick is the one who's continuing to call the shots, which looks more and more in doubt with each passing week right now. Yeah, I I I accept the fact that when we do our NFL previews, or really just any episode, any sport, I accept the fact that at least fifty percent, maybe more. No, definitely more. I, I'm going to be more times wrong than right, but. <laughs> Uh-huh. I feel good about the I feel good about that prediction so far uh because it is not looking good right now. Uh they're yeah, off to a brutal start and if you ask me what the record would be after the first 5 games before the season started, before the Aaron Rodgers injury, I would have said 1 and 4. But I would have said that this game versus the Saints would be the the, the point in the season where they could turn things around potentially because I'm not saying the Saints suck. They definitely have talent. They they have more talent than the Patriots. But I I just thought that the Patriots could outsmart them and 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 are just yeah, like just the smarter team and it'd be a turning point in their season. Too, yeah, so. at home against a quarter a beatable quarterback. And while while the other four again, with Rogers healthy, the other four teams are just a lot better. And so it, it's really disappointing how how that game played out after losing by 35 points to the Dallas Cowboys in week four, you come out and lose by 34, the two biggest losses in, in, right. in Belichick's coaching history. You think what could be worse? Yeah. You lose by 35, the worst loss in his career, in his Patriots coaching career now, or probably just coaching career in general. <laughs> and then he follow up with a second worst loss. Uh, Which just... honestly might even be worse because you didn't think it would be anywhere near that bad after last week. Yeah, I didn't think so. Even I thought, like, all right, like this could be a, a a point where they turn things around after a horrible loss and right. they get back on their feet and 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 show that they're still capable of beating bad or dumber football teams. Yeah, uh, I mean, I had the same thought. I thought the Patriots were going to bounce back and win this game uh, to lose thirty-four to nothing. It's just a shock to I, me. As low as I am, I am on them. I still thought, all right, like th- they can beat this team, <laughs> but. Not only did they lose, they lost. They got completely blown out out of the building, and I I, I think it, it's over for the Patriots. I didn't think it was as low as I am on the Patriots. Like, even after that Dallas loss, I can talk myself into thinking like, okay, yes, Dallas is a much more talented team, and and some bad turnovers really cost them, and it just got worse from there. And they'll they'll find a way to bounce back in the next week, but no. They didn't, and against a team that's really kind of on their level, even if they're more talented. And so, in my opinion, it is over, and they are not going anywhere this year, and 
the questions rise now on what's what is the future in terms of Belichick's future, Mac Jones's future, and like where is this team heading right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of questions right now about the future, and I don't think that the Patriots have uh, an amazing future right now if they're going to continue to operate under the same model and continue with us GM and head coach. And, uh, you know, as great as Bill Belichick was during the Tom Brady era, it's been very disappointing since. And I've just kind of talked myself into this idea that he still has a lot of that magic aura and that he can still find ways to win football games and keep the Patriots super relevant and in the playoffs and a chance to win a Super Bowl. And I mean, it, it's hard to think that anything can happen following these last two games. It's not even just getting blown out by a really good Cowboys team or a good enough Cowboys team. We'll talk about them later, I'm sure. But getting blown out by a mediocre Saints team, that's what I would call them. They're good enough to win a bad NFC South division. I don't think that they're good enough to beat a good team 34 to nothing and that they just beat the Patriots so that makes the Patriots not a good team and when you lose a game like that to a team like that there are basically no more guarantees on the schedule no no not at at all just looking at the quote-unquote easiest games on their schedule at least heading into the season I thought okay the Colts I know they just lost Anthony Richardson but they have a very solid and arguably better at 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 their points in their careers in Gardner Minshew yeah he might be the best backup in the league yeah, so. and then Washington. Okay, they look like a complete trash versus <laughs> Chicago. Bad but loss. if you take out that game, I think they've played reasonably well uh, up until that point. And who knows? That, that I don't think that's a lock either now. And so, I guess like the one would be the the last game versus the Jets <laughs> in Week 18 when no, no neither team has anything to play for. And I mean, I don't know. Zach Wilson's looking better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I got, there really are no more locks on their schedule. No, um, I mean, you could say the Raiders this week going into Vegas, um, you know, game against the Giants. They don't look very good right now. The Broncos are a disaster. You could talk yourself into so many games where if the Patriots just had, if they had more talent, if they were more locked in, you could they see could... him having. That's, that's why I don't, even though I was against uh, like you and Kenny and just other Patriots fans, uh, even though I was lower on the lower side, you can talk yourself into a lot of those games if the Patriots were playing at a higher level and had more talent and were more locked in. But mm-hmm. losing games like this, so the first two games they lost to the Eagles and the Dolphins, two teams that are really great this year. Right, two of the top five teams, two, maybe right. top three. Like you right. know, they're genuinely high up there in this league. Yeah, and you were competitive against both teams. Not not that everything was perfect. There were a lot of, uh, you know, holes to poke in, on their team, especially offensively. But they hung in there in both games. You can talk. Yep. You can talk yourself into thinking that things would be better in the future. But when you lose to Dallas and New Orleans the way they did in both those games, that speaks to larger issues. That like not. It's not just about the lack of talent now. It's it's. It's a lack of buy-in now from mm-hmm. the players. Like, I don't think the players trust each other and the coaches. Like, the, the mesh of of the players and coaches is just right. not is not good right now. They, they they can't do anything right. They they can't block at all, and because of that, Mac Jones is his confidence is completely broken to the point where he's making he's making bad decisions. And even if he were still making good decisions, his receivers can't get open whatsoever. Uh, Juju is just <laughs> cashed 
Uh, yeah, I hate sorry that signing more that and more now. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Especially with Jacoby Myers continuing to play really well in Vegas. Continuing but... to play awesome. Uh, Monday Night Football, he's shown uh, every time he does something, it's like, why can't we get right. guys like that? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think that Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster, one-for-one changes a lot. But oh, there's, cha- so it, it, all these little changes have added up into what you're seeing right now. Exactly, and it, I keep saying it. It's It all starts with Belichick and the decisions that he makes where like, he brings in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Who knows? Maybe he can comp- compliment them on last year now, <laughs> the way it's looking right now. But, uh, yeah, you bring in those guys and – it, it, you make a joke out of the offense to the point where ownership has to make a decision and they make the decision of bringing Bill O'Brien. I think it was more ownership than Bill on that. That's just an opinion. And and then you bring in a, a, a new offensive line head uh offensive line coach and it's not Scarnecchia yeah. and they yeah, look I mean, so much worse. Is off, it on all on line. coaching? Because Adrian Clem was a Steelers offensive line coach in 2021, and that was one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen. So I, I'm just like, is it all him? Or I, th- I, what, I don't want to say all him, but I do think the coaching change. I, I mean, I think Scar's been gone for a few years now. Yeah, but. right. Are they just old. Is that the issue? Like, I, I thought there was some I, youth. Like, I, I don't understand how this Patriots offensive line is as bad it, as it is. It's just odd because there have been years where their O lines had not as much talent as the one now but they were much more productive because of the coaching and and now i think uh i mean they're not they're not, they're not blocking at all like tread brown's like not even trying at this point or i mean yeah he's I just think, collecting I think, a paycheck I, really yeah he collected the paycheck and now he's cashed in and doesn't care now <laughs> he's definitely someone that if he's motivated, he can be great. He can be right. one of the best left tackles in the league. But if he's not, he looks like a disaster. Uh, and it just it's it's just created so much turmoil uh, on their team. Like Mac Jones is just I, I can't imagine him. Um, I mean, he's not going to come back after once his contract is up. But I'm curious if, if he's even back after this year. I, I'm curious if he'll get benched at this point because I would seriously consider it. But at the same time, for who Bailey Zap. Bailey Zab- I love Bailey Zabby. The Zabby <laughs> fever was so fun last year, but the the few times he's been in there, you know, in garbage time when the the teams aren't even trying, like there's less pressure, and the fans are gone at that point. He's he's airmailing guys with yeah, much much less right. pressure uh, than than Jones is getting, and he he threw he he threw multiple uh, passes over. I think Henry and Bourne late in that game. If anyone was watching, yeah, I, I did see a highlight where it's a, it like they called him Mac Jones, and then I I read the comments and I was like, oh, this is Bailey Zappi. Didn't even notice that he was wearing number four, but it's like, oh man, this that's that was not a good throw. So if they put in Bailey Zappi when it's it's the beginning of the game and there's more pressure towards the quarterback, and at that point, I, I don't know. I just think. I love Zappy and I I like fun bad. If you're gonna be uh-huh. bad, make it fun bad, right? So, because Zap like the most interesting game last year was when he came in that Bears game and Matt oh Jones yeah, got benched. Uh, Monday Night the, Football, right? Yeah, Monday Night Football. That was by far the most interesting game. Like not, I obviously it wasn't a great game because they yeah, got their and, ass kicked, but it was just uh, interesting how that all unfolded. And I would seriously consider it, but that doesn't mean they're gonna be much better. But maybe the players will because. I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember, but do you remember that Jets game where Mac Jones he gave a vanilla nut tap to Sauce yes. Gardner? Yeah, of course, that was a huge Every, deal. 
ever since then, they haven't scored a touchdown or it's just been a, a gazillion punts and turnovers. And I'm, I'm probably just reading too much into it, but maybe the players on their own team didn't like that. And maybe they don't trust Mac Jones or like, I, I mean, there's know. anonymous sources like connected to him making quotes about, you know, even the best chef can't make garbage taste good. And, yeah, you know, so, it sounds like there's a, there's issues there when it comes to so Mac on this it, dude. So it's confirmed that Mac Jones was the head chef of the SS diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That sounds right. Uh, uh, but yeah, stupid SpongeBob joke by me, but anyway, yeah. It, at the same time, I I, I kind of hate that quote because it shows poor leadership. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I can't blame him when the 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 his surroundings are just so bad. Yeah, no, I mean, it feels like the whole thing is a mess right now. I would think that if the Patriots are going to make a change, Zappy, I feel like the sample size is small, but it's still been really bad. Why not try Malik Cunningham? He gives you something different. Even Will, I Greer. liked him. I liked him. Like, I'm not saying he's great, but uh, he showed some flash in the preseason. Right, so I understand. Whoa, a running like, a mobile quarterback? <laughs> it's different. Yeah, right. It's it's not what you're seeing with with Mac Jones, but like to a lesser extent is I, really what Bailey Zappi is for you. I remember, I remember, remember that remember that Thursday night game where Jacoby Brissett was they were playing the Houston Texans, and then he had yep. this long scramble for a touchdown. I was like, whoa. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that was his his coming out game. That game on its own basically assured him a, a career in the NFL yeah. with him you know his performance that night so so th- that's not gonna happen but Bailey Zappi I, w- I I'm not joking either I, I would seriously consider starting him I don't it's not gonna happen especially this week when they face the Raiders versus McDaniels versus Garoppolo versus Myers a lot yeah. of former Patriots <laughs> uh, so I, it won't happen this week but if, already if this, con- if this continues start. I could seriously see it happening uh, at some point, I don't know. Maybe Bel- Belichick is just too stubborn. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but it, it feels inevitable that something major is going to change with this team. And I think if there's if there's any hope in salvaging the season, something has to change pretty soon, is what it feels like. But just long term, like there's got to be I think something. If you're looking long term, beyond when the season's over, mm-hmm. I'd imagine that they'll have a losing record and a bad losing record somewhere in the 6 and 11 range something like that I don't know I, I I would move on with with from Belichick at this point it was an amazing run a lot a lot of great uh, memories and as much as a of a Brady supporter as I am, I do think it's stupid when people say, "Oh, it was all Tom Brady." Like, right. no, it, it wasn't. No, it doesn't make I, sense. It, Especially the he first. He deserves three the most Super credit, uh, but to say that oh, Tom Brady could have had all that success with Nathaniel Hackett or someone uh, someone like that as his coach, then I think that's wrong. But but uh, I, I don't know. The way the way this is played out, I'm I'm shocked that it's played out like this. I'm not surprised that the Patriots took a step back. Of course, I right. always expected that, and thought Brady would have more success without Bill than vice versa. But I am surprised by the just lack of motivation or just you know wanting to prove like, hey, we can win it with a a court a mid level quarterback, a mediocre mm-hmm. quarterback, or whatever. <laughs> like instead of. Tom Brady. I don't know. I, I'm surprised that's gone this bad. 
Yeah, I don't I know if, I bet on them. if Brady winning a Super Bowl year one in Tampa just broke Belichick's brain and has caused him to try so many different things to see if he can continue to outsmart the rest of the league. But it's just it's been a step backwards every year. So uh, it's just it's it's just brutal with the drafts and like the cold strange pick. That's just an example of like uh-huh. trying to be outsmart all the other people and being st- stuck in the past and. The game's totally passed him by at this point, and uh, I, I, he, he really should go. But look, I've been a Mac Jones defender for, um, you know, uh, majority of the season, because <laughs> I, because I'm, I'm not the biggest Mac Jones supporter, but I've been, I think I've defended him more, uh, late of late just because his surroundings are so bad. But his turnovers have been brutal <laughs> the past two games. That like that fumble in that Dallas game, and then that pick six. Uh, he has he has the same amount of pick sixes <laughs> in Gillette Stadium as uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady played at Gillette Stadium for like twenty like, years. Yeah, right. And I, I <laughs> and, also and he saw... has the same amount of pick sixes as yeah. uh, uh, Mac Jones does as Tom Brady. I don't know if that's an uh, a credit to Brady or if that's an indictment on Mac Jones. I mean, I, I think it, it's a combination of both. Um, it is also Im- incredible that the the Patriots have more losses now without Tom Brady at home um, since two thousand as they do with him twenty five to twenty four. Just it, it's just night and day. Oh, that, that yeah, that's 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 a brutal stat that I saw. Uh, so it's as low as it gets uh, for for Patriots fans. I don't know. Like after after that game, after the Dallas game, whatever little hope you had left, I'd imagine was completely vanished by the Saints game. I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, you, it has to be have, right. I don't know how you can have any hope after this past game. No, even the most Homer of Homer Patriots fans I've seen are completely giving up on this team saying that they're terrible and nothing is going right and just across the board everything is bad and I think it's now the divide is what do you do from here Um, you know when it comes to Mac Jones versus another quarterback and then ultimately Bill Belichick and his future Um, I think most people would love to fire him as GM but I don't think you could fire him as GM as keep him as head coach so I've seen that idea and I hate it I <laughs> I hate that idea of oh let him be the coach but someone else be the GM it just no it's either all happen. in or all out yeah this is probably a bad example and we're crossing sports but look at the Red Sox now when they had of course Alex Cora but high and bloom mm-hmm. I that that combination never ever worked out and uh, I I know Belichick has worked well with guys like Nick Casario. And yeah, right. Scott Peel. And having so, like so other guys. So there have been examples. Right hand men, basically. Right, but I I I want I want a new coach, and that will pick his guy as GM, whether that's Macro or somebody else. And I I just I want to re I want a fresh start now. I I it's we've seen enough without Brady. What the Bill Belichick experience is like without. Again, without Tom Brady, and we're now in year four, and it's worse than ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think that the Patriots need a, a whole shift in organizational philosophy. The Patriot w- way w- worked for a long time, but it's it's not working anymore. I would like both Bill and Mac Jones gone, but if you're keeping one, I will take Mac Jones. Which I know sounds crazy, but I would kind of like to see what it would look like Mac Jones with better surroundings, better coach that will put him in the best position to succeed offensively 
and yeah, I mean, dra- I, I, dra- I draft more on that side of the ball uh, and not just all defensive guys. Because <laughs> I think the defense is it's been okay. Well, now it's a disaster. Injuries without, are yeah. without Judon and Gonzalez, but when right. they were in there, I thought they were pretty good at times. Yeah, no, I, I do too. I thought they were both really good. Christian Gonzalez was arguably the rookie of the year through the first he, few games. He was. He probably so. would have. He, yeah, he definitely would have been the running for defensive rookie of the year if he stayed healthy. So, yeah, losing that's another thing. Losing your two of your, not just two best players on defense, just two best players in general. Overall, right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, things aren't looking great in Foxborough right now. Um, it doesn't feel like there's going to be a whole lot more wins to, to talk about on here. And uh, I guess we can transition to the Steelers now. And, look, I think I still see a lot of the problems. It's still Fire Canada. It's I still have questions about this team long term. But I'm never going to be upset about beating the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Steelers 17, Ravens 10. It's it, The only thing keeping that from being a perfect score for this rivalry is how wide of a margin of victory seven points is like with these teams it's always back and forth and it's one of those uh uh i'm not gonna apologize for a win you know the ravens probably did a lot to beat themselves but the steelers still have reasons to feel positive coming out of this one it they're not a super bowl team but you know at least the playoffs still seem on the table if you can get the ultimate recipe for success which is a ton of sacks a ton of turnovers the other team shooting themselves in the foot and timely offense late in the game they they sucked for probably forty five minutes. Yeah, three yeah, quarters no, at least. Exactly. At least three quarters. Probably right. fifty five minutes of that game they sucked, and then those last five minutes or so, things t- things quickly went their way with the with the Lamar turnover in the end zone, and then that that nice really nice pass to Pickens on the sideline for a touchdown, and then T.J. Watt doing what he always does. <laughs> Whatever you think of the Steelers. Their D line, but especially TJ Watt, like that's always been great for the, for them. That's always been their best part of their team. But it is kind of gross that they're three and two and they're in first place. <laughs> Just looking right. at the point differentials of all the division leaders, right? Uh-huh. The Niners plus ninety nine, Chiefs plus forty eight, Dolphins plus forty six, Lions plus forty one. I I won't say all of them, but a lot of uh, really high totals. Seven out of eight are positive. Yeah, Steelers. Minus thirty one, and they're yep. in first place. That's yeah. just that's so gross. And in the, it's been the same way with this team for the last three years. They get blown out, or they play these close games, and every time they win, they look super ugly. And then the fourth quarter, they come alive. That was the script in twenty twenty one. Nine wins, seven of them fourth quarter comebacks. It would just be Big Ben just getting pummeled behind a terrible offensive line and then all of a sudden the fourth quarter you draw plays in the dirt or whatever and Steelers would come back and win the game somehow and it's just it continues to be they, they win they do win ugly every <laughs> their week, identity's yeah. never changed <laughs> no it's been the same and it's the root factor has been Matt Canada's offensive coordinator and I think there's a ton more problems but ultimately you know the Steelers and the Patriots have a lot of problems but there's there's to me differences that can be highlighted in all three phases of the game i'll start with special teams which the patriots have surprisingly been oh i forgot to mention that their special teams blows now yeah yeah right they draft (laughs) a kicker in the fourth round and he's not been good they've drafted yeah he's missed half his kicks their punter who i actually thought was going to be really good because they showed some clips in the preseason was Uh kicking bombs he's been not so great either and matthew slater is even he's like not the same either uh as you know, being being the longtime great special teamer he's been. They signed this guy named Chris Board for a giant contract. Not giant, but for special teamer, a big contract. And he's never, I've never even heard his name 
this season. So yeah, there are multiple examples of how the special teams, even that has been mm-hmm. a complete mess this year too. So yes. Yeah. I mean, for the Steelers, it's been great. Other than former Patriot Gunnar Olszewski, anytime he's out there, <laughs> something terrible happens. But but <laughs> Miles Killebrew, of course, the big play block punt in this one for the safety. Um, he I actually saw a stat retweeted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I know it's real. Um, he since signing with the team in 2021 has three block punts, which is tied for the most of any team in the rest of the league, oh, not just player. That's nice. Yeah, right. Um, so that was huge. Uh, he's a special teams captain for a reason. Chris Boswell, I, I used to say he was a fourth killer B, and that hasn't really changed. Every now and then, there's rumors of moving on from him in the offseason. He continues to be just an amazing weapon, 10 for 10 for field goal to start the year. Uh, zero, no miss kick, so hopefully he can keep that going. And then even the punting game, Presley Harvin has been just a shank like Gopotamus every single game. <laughs> uh, he has a huge leg, but he, you never know where it's going to go. But this year, week two and week three, probably the two best games of a Steelers career. And of course he suffers a hamstring injury after that. So, but the Steelers literally signed Brad wing off the streets, former punter. He hadn't punted in the NFL in six years and he came out. He was fine. Didn't do anything to really hurt this team. Um, his services were good. He was just released. So I think off the bye, Harvin will be back. So special teams other than Gunnar Olszewski and a very much emphasis other than Gunnar Olszewski has been great. And he other than former no Patriot. <laughs> yes. Fa- former Patriot, uh, Bill Belichick spy, whatever he is, uh, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> doing his part to, to make these games close. And then defensively, you talked about it. TJ Watt. I mean, he's a favorite to win defensive player of the year right now. He is continues to be one of the best in the league when he's healthy he's a force out there he's a monster and he's not alone Alex Highsmith has uh, proven time and time again now that he's just an ultimate compliment number two uh, second time this year that Highsmith had the strip sack that led to a TJ Watt fumble recovery Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick continues to be great in the run defense uh, and it sucks that the Steelers run defense needs to rely on him so much because he could be even more special and make even bigger plays back there and um, even saw Joey Porter Jr. make a huge interception this week and the fact that he hasn't been a starter behind Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson getting torched every game is just shocking to me. Uh, and then I think the final piece, though, so we know special teams and defense. Offense has been a problem for the Steelers. There's yeah. no denying <laughs> I was that. waiting for you to get to that because their defense has been pretty solid. Yeah. and the, You could talk about me, the special teams. I wouldn't know. But their offense right. is still an issue. And the, well, and the thing with the offense, and the one difference, and this was a the, what it came down to last season and really all the high hopes coming into this year is the Steelers quarterback can play well in the clutch for whatever reason. He can suck for 58 minutes, and then as soon as that two-minute warning hits, he becomes an NFL-caliber quarterback. You mentioned the throw to George Pickens for the touchdown. The two throws before that, probably the three best balls he threw the entire game. And it's it's these flashes that make me not want to give up on Kenny Pickett, wanting to spend an entire half questioning whether Mitch Trubisky or even Mason Rudolph should be going out there. And then he does that play, and I'm all the way back in on him being the franchise guy. And it's it's very frustrating. He, he, he is very play. he is very inconsistent, which is why I struggle with him too. Like, do I like right. him? Do I not like him? Because he, he shows he definitely shows a uh, promise, but then he shows signs of. Like, does he even know what he's doing out there? So, yeah, yeah it, too, too inconsistent so far. But 
again shows some signs of not wanting the, to give up on him. Right, I can't in the blame big you. Moment, yeah, right in the big moments, and that like that to me is going to stand out way more. But it's also like you need the defense to play their asses off for fifty four minutes to still have a shot to win the game when you only have five points Cause, on offense. Because they, yeah, like I said, and like what you just said, they sucked for fifty plus minutes of that game, and it took the yeah. last few minutes of that fourth quarter to to win that game but it also helped that the Ravens did not play their best at all no no especially offensively uh like Lamar had just had no help from his receivers Mark Andrews had three drops yeah six drops total in this game I think it was seven actually seven yeah it was seven two touchdown passes yeah I know (laughs) Mark Andrews (laughs) had three drops and Odell, anytime he runs a route, just gets hurt at this point. Right. Yeah, JPJ, after the interception, told him to go home and be a family man, which is just <laughs> wow. brutal. <laughs> and then Zay Flowers, I, 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 I like him, but at the same time, he shows signs of like not being great as well, where he has that, that, that huge play where they could have easily scored a touchdown on that bomb, yeah. but he just falls down. Right? Uh, just falls over himself. I am shocked that Patrick Peterson made a comment where he referred to Zay Flowers as a little munchkin before the game. Perfect bulletin board material, and it didn't come back to bite the Steelers. Like, I just envisioned the tweet uh, from the Ravens account, and it never happened because Zay Flowers didn't do anything to, you know, noteworthy. Yeah, he made some plays. Anything, he, he still hasn't them. scored a touchdown yet. No. And then no, Nelson Aguilar, of course, he another, didn't. <laughs> yep, another drop touchdown another from drop. him. Rashad the, Bateman. The, that's what I was just about to that say. Was... Rashad Bateman had the worst drop of all of them. The, the yeah. pass, I know he's been out, and so he's he's knocking off some rust. But, dude, catch that ball, though. That was right to you in the end Look, zone. I, I said it coming into the year with the Ravens receivers. Everyone always wants to hype up these new additions, and you just see, it's the same I thing. Never <laughs> hype up their receivers. I've always thought they've sucked. I've always thought uh-huh. it's Mark Andrews and a bunch of crap. And I I know Hollywood was, was decent, but uh-huh. it, I've always just thought it was just the tight end. And then the receiver re- wide receiver group has always sucked. I've never hyped them up. This is the year where I'm like, all right, Zay Flowers as their number one guy. I didn't I didn't think Odell. I thought Odell would. This is what I thought of him at this point. Right. So I never, uh-huh. I never hyped him up, but, but I, I did hype up Zay Flowers, and he's been okay. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he's but, been fine, but I mean, this but game, still, he had opportunities, and he made the least of them. And then Rashad Bateman, I know he's not never healthy, but he's been, <laughs> he's been way worse than I thought he'd be. Not that I thought he'd be right. amazing or anything, but he's. I mean, he's another kind of trash receiver. right now. Yeah. yeah, for a first round pick, he's been brutal. Yeah, I mean the Ravens have four first round receivers on this team, and is that true? Oh my god, you're well, I mean, Nelson yeah, you're Aguilar right. and OBJ. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, well, I knew OBJ was, but uh-huh. oh, Nelson Aguilar was a first round pick too. Oh yeah, my god, what a brutal pick that was. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Eagles, like they, the the fact that they're as good as they are, and like they, that's I, why it was like trade for AJ Brown because you don't know how to draft receivers in the first round, and then they I, get Devontae Smith. In the I first like round. how He's Nelson Aguilar out. wasn't even the worst receiver that they took in a draft. It was right. definitely Jalen Rieger. I know. <laughs> At least Nelson Aguilar won a Super Bowl and made some plays. Jalen uh-huh. Rieger did absolutely nothing. I know it's super off topic, but no, I mean it's it's fair to talk about it, you know, with these guys, and, and yeah, I think I still think that the Ravens' offense can be figured out. You know, they're probably not going to have that many drops in a game again, but it's just when it comes down to it, the Steelers find ways to win games, and they're probably going to continue to find win ways to win games and be in the playoff hunt. But as long as this coaching staff in its form right now is in place. 
they're you know the ceiling is make the playoffs maybe win a game and that feels like a stretch um, the, the, yeah know, the the they, their goal should be to make the playoffs i mean anything beyond that is whatever but but look i don't i don't i'm not high on the steelers i still think they're a lot of problems on their offense but yeah they, there are. but they have when was the last time they had a losing season it's been a while exactly been, i so know it's if they can continue that same rate like if they're going to be 9 and 8 again they could be in the playoffs for sure yeah I mean, right they the 3 seed in the AFC at 3 and 2 right now and it's just so funny with this conference second year in a row it's like look at all these teams look at all these quarterbacks and then they all find ways to to lose because it's bad coaching or everyone gets hurt or the defense sucks or whatever and now it's just I'm like, not yeah, confident in any. I'm not. Com- there are a lot of good. I said this last week. I'll say it again. There are a lot of good teams in the AFC, but you can poke holes into all of them. <laughs> and Buffalo was the again. They they were my pick to. I know it's again off topic. They were my yeah. Pick I mean, honestly, AFC, I'm, I'm good but with now the they've Steelers lost, at this point. Yeah, let's jump into these other games. Like it's fine. Like Buffalo, Jacksonville, London game. Yeah, I know you were high on them. And yeah, even though they, I had a lot of questions with them heading uh-huh. into the year. They were still the team I picked out of the AFC, and I certainly don't feel good about that now. And not just because they didn't. Okay, if they lose to Jacksonville, a team like you said last week that hey they were in London for a lot longer than Buffalo was, and they had an edge there. And if they if they won, it wouldn't surprise you. And yeah, that was a good call. And yeah, Buffalo I'm came not, out flat. <laughs> so the part about Buffalo, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they lost and they came out flat. And but. <laughs> you're losing two of your best players on defense like that's right. the killer part where i'm like all I right agree. like buffalo's probably not gonna make the yeah they'll still likely win the division they'll still likely probably make the divisional round and all that but to win to make the super bowl you can't lose guys like matt milano like one of the best right. linebackers in the league yeah like, that's, that's the davis white yeah right and andrew davis white who they lost the week before like those are killer injuries for them and so yep that's the part where I'm like, okay, like Buffalo is definitely they're gonna find a way to lose now, especially uh-huh. losses on their defense again. Yep. And yeah, they they looked flat offensively for most of the game because they looked like they there was a spark there at the end of that game where they get the touchdown by Gabe Davis and Twice. Diggs is still Diggs is still amazing, but mm-hmm. still found a way to lose again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Jacksonville is another one where it's like I, I was high on this team. I don't think that they're, you know, the runaway favorite in the AFC South I thought they were because you know, I just don't know what I'm going to get from them on any given week. Yeah, when they, you lose to Houston at home, gr- granted, I by think 20. Yeah, yeah, I think the way decent. they lost to Houston. Right, the way they lost is the issue there. At home, it's like, okay, how good is Jacksonville? <laughs> right. Yeah, Kansas so. City has not looked amazing this year. No. Like they've looked very beatable. I mean, the past couple of weeks, you can say that you know if certain officiating calls go a different way, they they might not win those games against two teams, the Jets and the Vikings, who don't look all that great. I can't complain because, or I can't complain too much because, hey, being a Patriots fan, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie, they've definitely uh, benefited. Not not all the calls. They've definitely been calls they've been screwed by, but I won't deny that they have benefited from calls in the past too. But Man, the last couple of weeks have been really sketchy with the Chiefs and the refs where there was that clear holding on whoever it was on that third and 20 play. And they didn't call a holding then. And that really odd pass interference call 
that was the flag was thrown after the interception. Right, like, that was super sketchy. Yeah, uh-huh. and then yeah, this one this one was arguably the worst of them all. Where it's fourth down, Cousins he throws it to Addison incomplete, but then there's a flag. And you think it's pass interference, and I think it kind of was. Hey. And they show the replay. And I, I I thought it was pass interference, and then. They, he he takes off his helmet. That's another flag. <laughs> to complain, right? And then you see the ref say, "Hey, put your helmet back on." Okay, well, why don't you actually throw the flag for taking uh, off his helmet? And then they just pick up the flag for the interference and say, "No penalty." Yeah, that was really sketchy, man. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I I agree. I understand. I think. I mean, I I still think the Chiefs are a better team than both of them. I think they played a better game, but it's also like, okay, this feels like a trend here with this team, and I don't know. I don't know if it's Taylor Swift. I was going to say Taylor afraid Swift. Of the Swifties. Like, is it a Swifty thing? Are the refs uh, Swifties? They're doing? already they're already helping to get uh, the artificial turf, get rid of it, and go that back too. to grass with the Kelsey. And Travis injury. Kelsey, he hurts his he hurts his ankle, and now more than ever, I think the NFL has more motivation than ever to <laughs> fix the the turf there. Right. <laughs> uh, if you're going to keep fans watching games, especially Swifties. Yeah. Also, side note, did you get any um, bad flashbacks seeing Travis Kelsey out there on that final Hail Mary play in the end zone? Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, especially when a tight end's number is 87. Right. Yeah, uh, I did get, uh, not going to lie, that did, that play did cross my mind. <laughs> yeah, which is, uh, that is one of those all time, like this was the start of a Super Bowl video um, plays because they didn't lose it. Yeah, they lost the they didn't lose a game after that. Didn't lose right, again. Right. Yeah, they lost the Steelers the next week and then won every single game after. But they were really fortunate still, to have a two seed that that year. Yeah, with, right. With, no, that, with that two was definitely still getting a buy eleven and five, uh, looking the way they did. I I was not on them that year, and so I will take magic. the L. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> I took the L. I won a Super Bowl, but picking the Chargers in the divisional round. Yeah. Once every, so off topic again. But once everybody was on the Chargers that week, heading into the Sunday, I'm like, all right, the Patriots are gonna win this game. Uh-huh. <laughs> when everybody's on the other team, especially if they're against the Patriots, like, all right, like the Patriots are probably gonna blow them out now. Right, um, right. Which is exactly so it, what happened. It went from being like, oh, super contrarian pick of the year, and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm picking the Chargers to win. I'm picking the Chargers. Great. It's not really a, a popular, or it was a popular upset pick. Which yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Anyway, um, so I didn't come up with anything creative this week in terms of like the segments like we did. So was, this is basically my whole thought is we just have a conversation about other you know week five action. Um, I guess, you know, while on the topic of this game, the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins now, especially with Justin Jefferson going on IR. I feel like they have to oh, their season's consider over it at this point. Yeah, it, It's not the one in four start because they've lost a good team's. Like outside of Tampa, close, yeah. but Tampa's even been better than I thought. So you could say they're a good right. team. They've they've lost, <laughs> yeah, went eleven and zero in uh, one score games. Of course, there was going to be regression to the mean. <laughs> I didn't think it would be the opposite where they just lose uh-huh. all the one score games. Uh, so, Carolina was one score, right? That was twenty one thirteen. So they technically I think one so, and yeah. four okay, in so, one oh, score okay, games. One and and Carolina is the worst team in the league right now. They're the only one who doesn't Great, have a win. Yeah, so. <laughs> hell of a win there. They yeah. didn't even look that good for the first. No, they didn't. Game. Yeah. Uh, so they've lost, they've lost a, re- they've lost a good teams this year. So it's not that bad of a one and four start, but losing Je- Justin Jefferson for at least the next four games, that's the nail in the coffin. Right. For me. 
Yeah, no, I I agree with it. And it's one of those things where, like, they can maybe try to salvage some wins, but what are you going for at that point? Especially with Kirk Cousins as a free agent, I think Minnesota would be smart to move on from him and not bring him back to another guaranteed contract. So why not trade him at the deadline and put yourself in position to maybe get one of these top quarterbacks in this draft? I would love to see Kirk in a cont- on a contender, man. I I want to I, I just want to see that guy succeed. I know he's not the best quarterback. I've said it a million times. And- what if it's for the Jets? Oh, who 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 wins in that scenario in your rooting interest? Is it rooting oh, the- for Kirk or against the Jets? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, uh, I know this is going too past Minnesota, but that Jets Broncos game. I think that meant the first time ever I was happy to see the Jets win a game. <laughs> I'm not joking either. Like uh-huh. the, the way that game was played up where Sean Payton was just even though even though the look Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos coaching staff last year, it was a disaster. But to be that big of a dick about it and to right. not back it up, uh-huh. I was like Huh, that was kind of funny. Uh, he got he kind yeah, of got that, what he deserved there, and I was actually the one time in my life huh, I was actually happy to see the Jets win a football game. <laughs> see, I was rooting for the Jets. I thought the Jets would win with like Russell Wilson just playing horribly against a good Jets defense. He continues to not be he's like not, that big he's of not a problem. That bad. Like, I don't know what no. Mike Greenberg's talking about on Get Up. Right, he's like, this I is know, the worst was... I've seen Russell Wilson play. Like, what? <laughs> Are you watching tape from last year? Cause, yeah, right. Cause he's, that was he so much worse. Sucked last year, but uh-huh. this year he's been. He's been competent. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Is it 11 touchdowns? Yeah, 11 uh, touchdowns, two two interceptions. Like, he has a pretty high quarterback rating. Like, he's been good enough if He hasn't been great. He's still not great, but he's definitely been better than last year. Last year was definitely on him and Uh other parts of the other team but their defense has been trash this year right which i didn't see coming like no. i i thought that their defense was going to still be like a really good piece to them and the offense would just keep holding them back and now they're probably entering a fire sale you know one of the questions you had was or you asked me before was who was more embarrassing um bill belichick or sean payton it's sean payton because belichick wasn't spending all offseason talking about the saints having a you know a terrible offseason like shitting on Derek carr and dennis allen like this was sean payton like you said he talked the talk and just his watched his team fall on his face and um i think another question would be who has a bleaker future like i think i I think the Broncos are right now. Like I said, the Bears a couple weeks ago, and I, I don't think I even fully meant it. Like the Broncos right now, it's just it looked really bad. Yeah, like that's they're about why, to have a fire that, sale. I don't know what they're gonna do moving forward. That's ultimately why I picked Denver because yeah, Chicago. At least they can move on with different coach and possibly different quarterback, and this maybe hope. be in you the can running sell yourself for on for, for Caleb Williams and and Marvin Harrison Jr. So, so you can talk yourself into the Bears. Look, they'll still mm-hmm. always suck, probably. Right. No matter yeah. who they have. But, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but you could talk yourself into having hope uh, in the future for the Bears. But the Broncos, oh my God, all that, all that draft capital, and it and they look the way they do, and yeah. and who knows what you have in the future in terms of their drafts. Like they, their their future looks brutal right now. Um, I saw I saw the stat where it said, "Hold on." Um, it was okay. Three first round picks, three second round picks, one fifth round pick. Five years, two hundred forty five million to Wilson. Five years, one hundred million to Sean Payton, and they're one and four this year. That's that's brutal. 
bad. That's bad. Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, it's awful. Like, there's no way to undersell what this team invested for these results. So, yeah, I mean, Denver's in a really bad spot. Uh, I mean, I think it's a big win for the Jets. They play the Eagles this week, so I'm sure they'll come back down to earth. Uh, the Eagles continue to win games, go 5-0. and uh, You know, they, they haven't looked amazing, but... It- Another win over the Rams this week. So the 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 Niners have been the best team in football in my Without opinion. A doubt. Like they like they're yeah. five and zero oh and they're winning convincingly and against good teams now. Or thirty I, plus points and five straight wins. Yeah, right. So, it was. Say what 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 about <laughs> what you want about Dallas and they're a bunch of chokers and they'll they'll find a way to lose in the wild card round or divisional round. And Dak, this is what always, Dak Prescott always does. He's he's a solid quarterback, but he always fails against actual good competition, and. So say what you, what you want about Dallas, but it's still a talented football team. So the way the Niners, are, Micah the, Parsons they're, they're, says they're still better than the Niners. So he agrees. <laughs> that's, that's bullshit. Uh, the Niners are the best team in football right now. But what you can say about Philly is that okay, they're five and zero, and they're not playing great. What happens when they are playing <laughs> their best football? Because I don't think they are playing their best football. I still think they've looked. Mm-hmm. They haven't looked their their best uh, this year. I thought they would be on upset alert versus the Rams this past Yeah, week I did get, too. Getting Cooper uh-huh. Cup back, but luckily uh, their defense. I mean, they they kind of they were on upset alert. You know, they won the game, right? They but avoided I, it. But I thought there was a legitimate, sh- or like a real shot that the Rams. I I would have picked the Rams. No joke. Not that. Yeah, the Rams I mean, are it, was, it was fourteen to ten, and then the the Eagles scored what 13 unanswered with yeah. Jalen Hurts I mean that 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 tush push play it is <laughs> it's, it's unstoppable you know it's going to happen yeah <laughs> one second it, left in the two seconds left in the right first two half. seconds left yeah the one yard line and you know they just feel so confident I I totally get it I love and how I, other I love how other teams try it and they fail they just but can't do they're, it they're, yeah because when you have the the biggest best offensive line along with the guy a quarterback that could squat 600 pounds or whatever right. it is uh-huh. and and the combination of that yeah it's gonna work for them but uh, yeah which i'm but, also not surprised that like the narrative around banning it is around injuries because it feels like someone's gonna get hurt doing that the eagles have like the scott the size to be able to pull it off and not just kill each other but then you see other teams try it and it's not only they're failing but they're also losing guys to injury so it, it sucks for the Eagles if they get rid of it, um, especially if they don't win a Super Bowl this year. But it also feels like something they'll continue to find ways to have success because they have that crazy offensive line in that size, and then a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who, like you said, can squat six hundred pounds. So yeah. So even though the Eagles have not played their best, I, I still think the Niners and Eagles are, in my opinion, maybe not, maybe not by far in a way, but I. I think they're the top two. I don't think two. it's far and away. I think they're top two, but I mean, you know, here's I don't a question know who that, that third best team is. Here's right a now. question that didn't make the list so, last week. There's who, so are many the Lions, questions. Are the Lions a Super Bowl contender? Oh, I, think I hope they are. so. I, I think they are. Uh, I think they're the number three team right now. They continue. I mean, they they beat haven't up beat on the Carolina. best competition, but hey, they they beat the Packers in in division rival convincingly. Yep. Uh, the Panthers suck. I, I, it I wasn't. It wasn't even a game. Like that's what you have to do when you face a team that's that terrible. Is just right. stomp on their throats for without your best receiver too. So yeah, and right. Jameer Gibbs. So two of your best offensive players, and you still look like that and win convincingly. I guess you can give them credit, even though the Panthers are awful. Yeah, I mean, I don't Not know that your... I trust the Lions or believe in the Lions' ability to win games at 
Philly and at San Francisco, which is what they'd probably have to do to go to the no, Super they, Bowl. Yeah, but it, it very likely have to. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I think they have to be taken seriously here. Oh, and for I, sure. I, they're 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 in that next tier. If, if you ask me, the best teams in the NFC after Philly and San Francisco, I would either say Seattle or Detroit. I know you could okay. say. I mean, that's, I know you could yeah. say Dallas. No, never... no. I I said I put Detroit <laughs> after this week, seeing what the Cowboys did against the yeah. Niners. I bump them down. I think Seattle is a tough one for me because it was just like I had to look at the standings to remind myself they're three and one because not only are they coming off a bye, but then that Giants game it was just like the whole story was around how terrible the Giants were. It was just yeah, Seahawks just happened to to be the team to face them that week. Um, I would I think that it's San Francisco, Philly, Detroit. And then some combination of Seattle, Dallas, is yeah, the way that I would I, and, I would put and, it. Uh, I the way that Dallas looked in that game, where uh, of course they were going to lose, but the way the, the way they lost, forty two to ten, yeah. Dak Prescott three interceptions, like it was it was just a really horrible showing for them. Give give me Seattle and Detroit over Dallas at this. I know it's so early, but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm just, like trying to just, look that, now to see. I know Seattle's going to play him twice. Yeah, they're, it is. exactly. They're a talented football team that is not well coached and has a quarterback that is good, but once he faces great competition, he's going to be a mess. And <laughs> I love how he, he had 10 interceptions and he already threw three in that game. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been bad this year. Like, I. I I have said in they the past they haven't needed like, him in their wins, and then when no. they have needed him, needed him, he he's he's he been terrible. Well. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Like you know, you can say he's a goodish quarterback, and then this year he hasn't even been all that good. <laughs> so it's uh yeah, I mean I I I don't like Dallas's situation right now. I think that they need to really can reconsider that quarterback position moving forward because they have the talent on defense. If they had a great quarterback, they'd 100%. I don't care what their history is. I totally believe them and their ability to win in the playoffs, but I I just don't just and this is a game that just continues to make me feel validated for that opinion of him. I don't want to put it all on Dak. They gave up 42 points. <laughs> no, you're right. Of course. Yeah, the defense wasn't great in this one. I think that the Trevon Diggs loss is, you know, is looming, but it, it goes beyond that. And the Niners are an absolute juggernaut. They're the best team in football right now. Um, and if uh, they, I mean, it, something will probably go wrong with this team still because they always deal with injuries and whatever, but it, it feels like they are good enough that they can overcome them. And, Brock Purdy, he's not just a game manager quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you brought he's this legit. up. That's what I was just about to bring up is that uh-huh. Brock Purdy, I think kind of rightfully so, has, hasn't has gotten a ton of credit because he's in such a great spot where he has all these weapons in McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, three touchdowns on three catches. And then yep. in Shanahan's system offensively, definitely one of the sharpest offensive-minded coaches in the league, along with how good their defense is. Like He's in a perfect situation. But he is. But, but some of the throws he's Brock Purdy made in that game, like wow, those, that, those he's making some legit throws in tight windows. Where even though he's in a great situation, uh, you have to give him some some credit. Uh, he has I, to be. Yeah. He deserves a lot of credit. As a good he does. I know. I I don't understand. I mean, I've I've saw like a no, compilation of him at Iowa. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying I don't understand like. I saw a compilation of him at Iowa State, and it's like, how is this the same quarterback? It's not just like he's throwing a wide-open receivers with like perfect blocking and not doing anything, just handing the ball to Christian McCaffrey, but it's like a 
swing pass, so it counts as a completion for him. It, he's he's a good quarterback. Like that's just the reality of the situation. I do think that other quarterbacks can look really good, and maybe he looks better. You know, I don't want to say he's the best in the league, but I, I think he's legitimate. You know, top ten yeah, quarterback. I don't know where to put him. Like he's not. A, he's still yeah. Not I mean, I, I'd have to redo my but, rankings. Well, he but. <laughs> deserves more credit and deserves to be uh-huh. higher than than just saying, oh, he's he's only good because of the system. Like, it, and look, a lot of it has to do with that. But I don't know. I've seen seeing the Niners games. I, I've seen enough throws that Brock's been making where it's like, okay, it's it's not just about that. Like he's making some really nice throws out there and making some really good decisions. And I don't, did you see the clip of uh, Orlovsky and Rex Ryan and others? Like they're debating about Brock Purdy, Mac Jones. And like, if, if Mac Jones were on the Niners, he'd be just as good as Brock Purdy. <laughs> see, I didn't and, see that clip, but I, I did have that take not too long ago. I'm, I'm starting to question it right now. I, I am what, too. What were they saying? I would, um, Orlovsky said if, if, if you put Mac Jones in San Francisco, he'd be just like, He'd be seeing succeeding just as much as Brock Purdy and Rex Ryan, <laughs> just trashed all over it. And <laughs> I don't, I, I don't mind either side, but I, I would rather have Brock Purdy. Granted, Mac Jones is in the stone worst situation, and right? Brock yeah. Purdy's in the stone best situation, but Mac Jones is also making some horrible decisions out there and horrible turnovers another turnover i forgot to mention that stupid shuffle pass the ramondre did you see that one? Oh yeah third and one they couldn't Uh, sneak it and so he just does this shuffle pass the ramondre that wasn't even close to him he had to reach behind uh, him and that was a stupid play too and so look again the situations matter so much i take the situations so seriously when it comes to where quarterbacks land Uh, right but but at the same time, I I, I would take <laughs> it, it's so unfair, but yeah, I, I would take I would say Brock at this point, I think is better for them. Yeah, I mean a, a lot of quarterbacks could probably be five and zero on this Niners team, but I don't think anyone can have an offense averaging thirty three point four points per game. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it's all on Purdy. I think there's a lot that goes into it. I don't know if they have defensive or special teams touchdowns contributing to that scoring, but that's uh, the reality is the offense looks amazing right now, and Purdy has to be recognized. And I don't know if I'm ready to put him squarely in the MVP conversation like a lot of people see, are. That, see, that's but... where I don't want to go too far with it. I'm, I'm, I'm just wanting to give him credit because you see too much. Right. You're seeing too much hate towards the guy, like, oh, he's only good because he's here. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, he probably would suck if he were in New England. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, again, any no, no, it doesn't matter how good the chef is. They can't make garbage taste good or whatever that quote was. <laughs> what a quote that was. Uh, but I'm just saying that he deserves more cred than he's getting. But don't go too far into, at least, for, at least right now. Maybe if he yeah, continues no. this, then he deserves. I, I would say McCaffrey, if I'm picking any Niners player. Right, uh, I, I mean, he deserves to be in the MVP conversation. It's amazing. Week after week, you know you're going to get something out of him. So, yeah. um, and I, I was just kind of looking through right now. So I think like the one other team player, whatever to talk about, uh, Jamar Chase always fucking open. So like 15 catches, yeah, three touchdowns, just uh, incredible. Um, I mean, it was against the Cardinals. I think. I'm probably higher on the Cardinals than most people, which You're, you I are might as well than pick me, them but, to win the Super Bowl. Like, but that's how. <laughs> I will say the Cardinals, even though they stink, they've been competitive. They have. They, they have. have been. Uh huh. Which is what I expect them to be. I expect them to be competitive. They've been competitive. Uh, 
you know, it, to me, I look at this and it's like, man, I mean, the Bengals offense, they figured it out for a week. Uh, if they can figure things out, the AFC is wide open enough that they can all of a sudden we'll look back and like, remember when everyone said the Bengals sucked and their season was over in October 1st? So I think and they did uh, that without T. Hickens and granted right. it's the Cardinals, but <laughs> which reminds me, I, this is probably easier said than done, but. They couldn't put more attention on Jamar Chase if he's going to catch 15. I'll never understand that. When when there's uh-huh. one guy that is so clearly better than the rest of the receivers, I don't know. How, how about try you, to right. put, I don't know, maybe two guys on him or mo- uh-huh. just put a lot of attention on him and force the quarterback to to beat beat you with the other guys? Like Just look at the past two Super Bowl champions. Cooper Cup, Super Bowl MVP. Odell gets hurt, and like, what? Who are the next? And Higby didn't even play. Who are the next best guys? Freaking Skaronic and yeah. Um, now Atlanta Falcon Van, Van Jefferson. Yeah, <laughs> Bryce Hopkins or whatever. Who and Robert uh, Woods wasn't even playing. It's like I think I think the ball is going to go to that guy. So let's cover him. And then look at the last year's Super Bowl winner, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I think they should remember that Jags game where Mahomes got hurt. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think Travis Kelsey had like more than I think he had like 14 catches or something. That sounds that right, yeah. And like the next size was a three. I think they should cover that guy. I don't know. It just yeah, I blows mean, I, my mind. I'm I'm right. sure I'm sure I'm stupid and there's more to it, but I don't uh, know. When there's one guy that's clearly well, you're just that than, good, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, guess. I agree. You're like, well, it is easy to say like, why aren't you covering this guy who's just open and making all these catches? And it's like, well, maybe someone else would be wide open because that's where the focus is, and this guy just happens to be one who's open. And it is crazy that it happens to be Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and uh, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, and like guys of that caliber. So. Yeah, I get it. No, I again, I, easy, again I probably have the easier same said than done. But, but it's just it, look if there were multiple guys that like, so T. Yep. Higgins were playing like okay, even though he's not Jamar Chase, you really got to take uh, you really got to pay attention to him when he's healthy and he's mm-hmm. he's at his best. <laughs> but when he's out, and I know Tyler Boyd's out there, but he's okay, but he's not great. Again, just one guy that's clearly better than everyone else. I think you should cover that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, and then I, I guess like the one last comment now that I think about it, um, uh, I think I was a little too early to be high on Jordan Love after a week three comeback win over the Saints. I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, the last <laughs> couple weeks, he's, he's not looked great. I would, In I prime would get, time too. He, this is not a perfect comparison, but kind of like Kenny Pickett, there are times where he yeah, looks brutal I mean, and there are times right. where he's flashed. Like, he, he looks like he could be a franchise guy. And so I still think got to give it some time. He's learning on the fly. And I mm-hmm. know he's had three years to watch behind Right, Rogers. and I think that's the big difference is having, like, all that time to grow under a Hall of Fame quarterback Yeah, versus just being thrown out there like any normal rookie or second-year quarterback. Doesn't have the best receivers. Christian Watson is finally came back, still still rusty. Aaron Jones is still hurt. And and then Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs are fine. But and then and Luke must it, yeah young so it's young not, receiving core. Those aren't great core. weapons, but they're young, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I I think that plays a part too. Uh, but yeah, sure. I, I just think yeah. I just think yeah, it's just a couple of bad games. I wouldn't, I'm not sold or giving up on Jordan Love, just like Kenny Pickett, where I'm not sold or completely out on him either. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. But it's just like I, I, I you see these moments, and you want to start to buy into them, and then, and then you, you just see like, games see... like you did yesterday, and like right. what, what the hell? What the yeah, hell I watched that that interception that went right to the guy and that first... Robert Spillane, yeah, former Sailor linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> that was a brutal. I don't know what he was thinking on that play. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know he had two picks last night, but it's also like I agree with a lot of Steelers fans. Like, well, the Steelers have better linebackers now who made big plays yesterday. So good for Spillane having a. You know, game of his life or whatever you want to call that. Um, and I think one of the big reasons why I do want to bring that up is it kind of helps in this transition, the MLB playoffs. And I'll admit, I didn't watch the beginning of the Packers-Raiders game. I put on Phillies Braves and I didn't turn it off and I have no regrets. That was, to me, that is like one of those awesome moments in October baseball. It was painful in a way because I was rooting for the Phillies. I really don't like the Braves and their fans. But it's also just removing any type of neutral bias. Just seeing what that crowd their reaction to the Austin Riley eighth inning home run and then Michael Harris's catch and doubling up Bryce Harper to end the game. It, it's electric. And I, I want that so badly see, for my team. See, I have no regrets on how I handled yesterday in terms of watching because you know you want to know what I did? I watched Monday what? Night Football uh-huh. and I tuned in <laughs> when it was the bottom <laughs> of the eighth. There and, you go. And uh-huh. and the the Phillies were up four to three. And I actually said to myself, the Braves are gonna tie it here. And I was wrong because they didn't tie it. They took the lead <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> with a home run. Uh, and and then, yeah, that play in the ninth inning with the catch. And then was it Aust- Austin uh, – was it uh, Riley? So, yeah, Riley is the one who threw out Harper. Who threw out Harper, threw right. Yeah, yeah, he hit the home run and threw out He Harper. hit the home run and – wow. So he did both. Wow. So, yeah, uh-huh. yeah that was definitely an exciting ending. I'm still – between the two, I'm still rooting for the Phillies – which I know sounds crazy to root for anything Philadelphia, but that that <laughs> uh-huh. fam that's what is my rooting interest in this? Uh, first, not the Astros. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to see the Astros succeed. And it, again, it's not because I hate the Astros. I, it's I, just I, you I, want someone different. I just want someone different. I'm tired of seeing the same thing. I'm tired of seeing Alvarez crush the ball every postseason, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and and them winning every game. It's not against. It's not hatred. I I just want to see something yeah. different. He actually hit a home run while we were recording the episode oh. Astros won nine to one Are yeah you, Jose Abreu at two home runs <laughs> so who am I rooting for I want to see teams with great fan bases in it because that, that the Phillies playoff games are electric they when are. something goes well I, I can't right. deny it they're they're they, that's a legit fan base yeah, that wise. Bryson Stott Grand Slam video, I saw, I, just I saw the crowd that. reaction. That was like one of the coolest videos I'd seen in baseball in a while. Yeah, and then that and I know it's backtracking, but that Bryce Harper home run to seal the against NLCS, San Diego last year. Yeah, yeah, like that was a cool moment. So yeah, like they're a team where I would want to be in it uh, and last as long as possible. I know the Braves that 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 eighth and ninth inning was really cool. I don't know. Just something about Atlanta and pro <laughs> no, sports. No, I, I agree. I, it's just, it's yeah. just, I don't think they're as great of a fan base. And they're, they won a couple of years ago. So. Right. I know. So the Phillies are different. Now, I, I last year I rooted for the Phillies over the Braves, but then I was rooting for both the Padres. And then I was rooting for the Astros just because of Dusty Baker. But now that they right. won, it's like... But now that they won and, it, and he won. And I, I'm also like, I'm, I'm starting to realize that, you know, as much as I 
also kind of agree with the not liking Philly fans. I do appreciate the passion. Yeah, and just I do too. Because they root for the 76ers and the Flyers doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to root for the Phillies or the Eagles and they let them be happy this time of year. So I'll still um, root against I mean, the it, Eagles. <laughs> but yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but I won't yeah. but I won't deny that that's a real fan base. Uh, yeah, especially no, they, they especially care. the those last two Eagles and Phillies. Right. Even Sixers. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, no, they they're passionate about their teams. Yeah, so. I can't deny that. And yeah, that that place is electric when 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 they're playing well. And then I guess a spite thing for Dombrowski winning uh, a World <laughs> Series would be would just be nice, uh, just spite against the Red Sox. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the Red Sox would necessarily be in that much better position. I I don't know how he would have handled the whole Mookie Betts situation there and like where right. this team would be. I do think the Red Sox are in probably a better place because of some of the moves that Kyle Bloom did for the farm system, but at the major league level, like it, it was time to to shake things up and cuz he was not building a World Series team there anytime soon. I so. love seeing uh I I I know it has nothing to do with the pro level, but as a former Cal Ripken Diamondbacks player, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I like I love seeing the Diamondbacks up two nothing against the Dodgers. Who I love, uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what it is with the Dodgers, but I just love seeing them lose. And I, right. of all the of all the bubble winners, I think they're the fakest. I don't care. I know. I know you can say the right. Lakers. No, I, I have. Yeah, no, I have the same thought. Like uh, at least the Lakers had a lot of their season during the regular season. That entire post playoff format, just you know, sixty games and then eighteen playoffs, and it was just it wasn't a real season. No. So I do think that it's fair to call them the, the biggest fraud of all of those teams. Yeah, and they're already losing two nothing and one game away from from being eliminated. So right, yeah, and I think I I've been forgetting this. The Diamondbacks were one of the best teams in the National League in like up until July really is post deadline. They started to fall off and kind of go toward that pack. And then the Dodgers had their annual win, like 17 out of 18 games. And all of a sudden, like they're running away with the division, like they do every year, but diamondbacks aren't as much like, they're not some terrible team that just barely, you know, snuck into the playoffs. Um, although, I mean, the whole 16 format, I, I don't know how, how, how I love this. I, I think that, I I like the five team format much better, even though it did kind of screw over the Pirates of the wild card game. It's just between all four of those wild card rounds being two zero anyway, and seven out of eight through two years, and now it's just like having this like long break. I kind of get it. I understand some of the teams and fan bases' frustration um, with feeling like these other teams gain momentum while they're just sitting around for a week waiting. To I play. I didn't mind it, the idea, and actually playing right. It out. No, and so I'm right. I was for that. Because uh-huh. you have more teams in, even if it's just two, you have more teams in, and you'll have more because of that. More teams will try in the regular season. Yes, exactly. Put out I a think better that was product. A big appeal. Uh-huh. But I kind of don't mind that take either. That the look in football, the teams of the buy, I think really, really benefit, and it shows more and more by the year. Like Chiefs, Eagles, <laughs> the one seeds, they uh-huh. made it. They made it to the Super Bowl, and I think they really benefit when they get the buy in football just given how just given how gruesome of a sport it can be but in baseball yeah it's kind of showing that it actually hurts them more than in other sports the the rest because the, the Orioles they've had such a great season they're already down to nothing right. and uh, the Dodgers even even though I I'm a I'm a fan of it them being down to nothing yeah it kind of does screw them over a little bit 
And Which, I mean, does Clint Kershaw pitch that much better if it's two oh, days no, earlier? I, 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 I'm a Kershaw <laughs> fan, but uh, it's it's enough now. Or okay, the dude is does choke in the playoffs. One of the best regular season pitchers of our lifetime, and one of the worst postseason pitchers that we've seen. It, it's amazing. I mean, I think there's been so many debates like coming out of this, or I don't know if it's really debates, but a lot of thoughts where it's like, Glenn Kershaw, first battle Hall of Famer. Madison Bumgarner won't make the Hall of Fame, but you'd take him in a playoff game 10 oh, times out yeah. of 10. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Because uh, Bumgarner, yeah, he's not going to make the Hall of Fame, and Kershaw very likely will. No, it, it definitely, he definitely will. Yeah, he's definitely he's, a he's Hall of Famer, no matter how quickly. Which is yeah, pretty right. hard to do as a pitcher. I know, he won Cy Young three out of four years, so. Yeah, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Bumgarner's not, but I can't help but look back on that 2014 World right. Series, and that dude put the team on his back. Yeah, like yeah, I, really I, I hate that the Giants are considered a dynasty because they won three <laughs> out of five with, uh, with teams that really aren't that great. No, uh, like no, Buster I mean Posey they were like a wild card, two catcher. of them. Yeah, uh, Sandoval had his moments. Yeah, I remember in 2010, my dad and I watched them clinch the World Series, and he was like, Giants would have a single player who'd start for the Red Sox. And I was like, I mean, that's kind of <laughs> true. Edgar Renteria won the MVP, World Series MVP. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, that's, not, that's not a bad take. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, that those teams, like that was kind of the frustrating thing, was just like you see in those odd years just how bad those teams were, but whatever reason, when the calendar ended in an even number, they'd – find a way to win the world series so. Yeah, so so not a lot not a lot of super high top end talent on those teams like outside of buster posey and then Bumgarner Tim that year. And Bumgarner, oh yeah. lincecum was nasty in 2010 mm-hmm. and, and, and other years he, he i think he should have won world series mvp uh, if it were my vote but whatever <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it also just shows like the flukiness of playoff baseball and that ever since, I mean, really since 1969 or whatever year it was, that it was no longer just two pennant winners from the regular season go straight to the World Series. You're going to end up having teams that just get hot in October and the more rounds you have, the more likely you are to have lower seeded teams knock out the teams who are the best in the regular season. Which is, which, I think, I, which I don't I don't hate. No, the, I don't the, either. The Phillies it, last year. More exciting, they, yeah. They benefited from it and they made the world series and they almost won it right and uh, and because of that which makes me wish that the the product in the regular season improves with more teams trying and trying to put out the best product in the regular season and try to fight for a playoff spot because in sports like baseball and hockey (laughs) we we, you can make the playoffs and any team can win yeah yeah which i think there's pros and cons to it. It makes the opening rounds more exciting, but then in the end, you'd rather see the top two teams in the NBA Finals like you usually get than like two random. The, like, how the, are these teams in the Stanley the, Cup Finals? The NBA, I will say, yeah, I do just want to see the two best teams at that uh, point. Even though Golden State versus Cleveland got, it really gets annoying. boring. But it's also like at least you know, okay, like it, it's fair for you know reasonable to expect these two teams, and like you know that the champion is like the best team. Whereas right. in those other sports, it's like, oh man, like they just had a bad couple of days and their season ended. So, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've been enjoying the baseball playoffs. Um, I think just kind of going back uh, one take that I think you might appreciate. Um, some, I saw someone say the Toronto Blue Jays are the Los Angeles Chargers of Major League Baseball. <laughs> just have so much talent, and yet they just choke in every year. No, I mean, the, the team, the, they can't even the, win a playoff The Toronto game. Blue Jays are the Toronto Maple Leafs of baseball. <laughs> 
So I think the, I get the comparison there. Yeah. I think the Maple Leafs, just the the name that comes with them, like in it's in that sport. I think that it it you can't do the comparison there. Um, and the Maple Leafs did win a playoff game this year. I mean, the, this Blue Jays team playoff ever series. since that playoff series. Yes, you're right. Ever since that 2015 2016 ALCS championship runs, they've they've been good. They've been an exciting, fun team, and yet they show up to the playoffs and they they can't even score a run. It's just there have been Woody, years I where guess, I was high on them, so that's not a bad comparison. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Like, there's a lot of years <laughs> where I like, believe like, oh, in this the Blue Jays are gonna be good. Like, oh, they're just not. Good. I mean, I remember back even before those, back in like 2012, 2013, they were like the off-season champs, and they didn't. They won like 75 games somehow. But uh, I if remember you put Roy Halladay on mm-hmm. on these teams, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, like their pitching was so good, and so Jose Barrios uh, did. I guess were you I saw this. that. Yeah, I they, was, get, they, I they give up all, the, all, all this haul of a trade. They pay him all this uh-huh. money, and they put him out there for how many innings? Like three plus three? innings. Oh. Yeah, fourth inning. It's like, oh, time to take him out. Th- this is this is the thing that still drives me insane with baseball is these constant micromanaging and constant pitching changes. There's already 18 commercial breaks in baseball. <laughs> like we don't uh. need we don't need more with these pitching changes and micromanaging the game and. Yeah, taking, taking a legit guy. Yeah, because uh, that that's, that's what he realized in, a, in an Excel document he created the night before. said, take him out in this spot. And I'm glad that it blew up in his face. Um, I mean, it sounds like this is a move that, like, I know the Ross Ask Atkins, their GM or president, whatever he is, said that it was a John Schneider decision, but he's keeping him, so... You know, it feels like this is something that it, it's over his head. And just that's another that said on the broadcast. Just another example on the long list of examples where if you play it by the the computer, by the book, it's gonna it's gonna come back to bite you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone remembers Blake Snell in the 2020 World Series. That so. was oh, I oh, <laughs> that was even Tim Kirchin, the nicest guy uh, on earth, especially in the baseball world. And and always is always a hundred percent baseball and supports the game. Even he was like, "What are you doing? This has gone right. too far." Even him, of all people, <laughs> was mad about that decision. Yeah, I mean that that was just very frustrating. When it's like we're getting to the point that computers are basically managing games, and you're just removing the human element, just saying, "All right, what does the calculator tell us we should do here?" Yeah, this so. is this is why it's gone. This is why baseball, I've been kind of like withdrawn from it. Where No, I, I totally get it. You know, we we have this whole thing based off of a team that won 100 regular season games and didn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the highlight of Moneyball came in August, not in October. So, it uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand the frustration. I mean, it and it feels like a lot of these teams that are winning games uh it's not necessarily going by the computer it's blowing up in their face it's the ones who have the talent they have the guys they spend the money but you also see a team like the los angeles dodgers just continue to choke in the playoffs every year so and look i i mean i'll always appreciate that steal but they can't keep Dave Roberts around if they can't find a way to come back and lose <laughs> arizona just every year win 100 games losing the nlds I'll always appreciate that steal, and I'll always appreciate the like ten second conversation we had uh, when uh, when I went to the 
like Shriners convention and saw him. Oh, nice. Super nice guy. Uh-huh. So I, I can't, it's hard for me to say bad things about Dave Roberts, <laughs> but uh, uh-huh. I kind of, I kind of, I uh, don't blame you for that. But yeah. All that talent winning all this, all these games and just con- continue to do, do nothing in the playoffs. Right. And I don't think it's always all on him, but there, there's enough of a sample size where like his, his decision-making is just, contributes to some of these games and you know i don't blame him for putting clayton kershaw on the mound in game one and you know I mean, I, just, okay i wouldn't either that, <laughs> even though he's uh, a choker i'm still putting him out there as my yeah ace, you think he'd at least get starter. out of the first inning right which <laughs> he was yeah not able to do so um I, I guess like the last comment as much as i don't want to see the astros i think i i like the idea of astros orioles or astros rangers more than the twins twins winning a playoff series awesome for that they always base, lose but... in the quote-unquote di- uh, divisional series the divisional round yeah right they uh-huh. always so, i mean it's they're it's like, great they want a playoff right series great they're still <laughs> gonna lose in that last uh-huh. eight <laughs> where they, they never ever make it to the alcs when was the last yeah. time they the LCS? was it was it that money ball year <laughs> where they yeah it the was 2002 yeah because that was the last time that they um Yes, I, I saw the highlights in that game. They showed them beating the A's in Oakland. It's like, yeah, this was Moneyball. The last time they won a playoff game before this was 2004, Game 1, ALDS, Johan Santana. Um, versus the Yankees? Just, yeah, versus the Yankees, and then they lost 18 in a row. Just those twi- those incredible twins, stat. Those, those Twins teams were really good. Like They weren't Yankees or Red Sox, but those Twins teams should have had more success. Probably, Joe yeah. Maurer was I mean, an MVP, and he missed a, uh, like the first month of the season. That they, what, yeah, what, so what, many years. Yeah, right. Uh, they, they, they were yeah. Insane I mean, even like that 2019 team that just mashed home runs, and they just could not compete with the Yankees still. So, but anyway, I think that'll do it for now with baseball talk. Um, I'm definitely going to be continuing to tune in and have thoughts on some of these series, especially if we get a lot of cool you know fun moments i, like I hope got i Monday continue night. to have uh good luck where <laughs> i don't tune in for most of it but i see the best place <laughs> you in the just, game. yeah right uh-huh yeah i mean that that is the perfect i won't to, do that for that all uh, as as the postseason gets uh-huh. you know closer and closer to the you know al nlcs or even just this round in in game deciding games i'll i'll tune yep. into it more especially if football's not on it's right uh, like a right Tuesday i or mean wednesday uh-huh yeah, I mean, I mean that's the perfect night. Like right now would be a perfect time. Um, right. If we weren't recording a podcast, I'd be getting ready to watch the Penguins play right now. But we're recording a podcast, so I'm gonna miss puck dropping this one. But uh, to be fair, know, Corey, so... I, if the Bruins were playing, I'd probably turn on the TV still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see the the problem with having two TVs in my living room is I don't have a living a TV in my podcast room, oh, okay. so slash bedroom, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so I couldn't. But I mean, I I have it pulled up on my phone. Looks like the Lightning just scored to go up four to three on the Predators and there's still seven and a half minutes to go. So Penguins game is probably delayed. I'll still get to watch the majority of it while editing this episode, but I think it's a good transition into talking about the NHL as the 2023-24 season is underway. And um, I think that, you know, both 
both the Bruins and the Penguins have at least some level of hope and optimism coming into the season, but they both had very disastrous ends to last season. So curious to hear what you're putting it uh, kindly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. Catastrophic, (laughs) whatever the the worst word you could think of is. Yeah, I mean, the the Penguins had their 17-season playoff streak end by just absolutely crumbling down the stretch, and the Bruins had their record-setting points season end by losing in the first round and blowing a 3-1 to series lead. So, I mean, I, I get it's not going it, it to be that it didn't good even ever surprise again. Me. <laughs> it didn't even surprise me, but at the same time, you broke a record for most points in a season, and you lose in the first effing round. Oh, <laughs> I, st- I, I still not, still not over that one. That one. That one. <laughs> yeah, hurts. I mean, I don't expect you to be anytime soon. So. Yeah, that's the thing with the Bruins is that I don't have as high hopes as well. I didn't have high hopes entering last year, but the way they played, they were playing so well that it's like, oh wow, like this could be their year. And look, the Bruins—they're not gonna. They're not gonna break records again, and and have an absurd. Maybe something if they season. find a way to. <laughs> I still I still think the Bruins, I still think they're a playoff team. Is that fair? I still think they're. I a, do too. A, yeah, a, no, I I still think a, they're a playoff team. A wild card, uh, if that's what you call it, one of the like lower seeded teams to make the playoffs. I still think. They're yeah, I mean, bad. it is technically a wild card. Yeah. Because right, because uh, they still have decent top end talent. Posternock scoring a lot of goals and Marsh and their new captain is still still a really good player even at his age and so they they still have they still have a decent amount of top end talent but <laughs> we talked about this when they made these signings like guys like Van Riemsdyk and and freaking Milan Lucic <laughs> and Kevin Shankirk <laughs> these guys these guys were good when we were in high school <laughs> they're not right. They're not looked at as game changers now. <laughs> they're looked at as how lo- how many years do they have left in their in the tank before it's over for them? And so, I don't think they had the greatest off season. Of course, losing Bergeron is gonna hurt. But some of the guys that they brought in, I mean, I, mean, I don't I don't hate all their moves, but <laughs> I don't look at their roster as a Stanley Cup contender. Now I know we talked about it with baseball that. Hey, if you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. But mm-hmm. uh, I just, I just look at just, I just look at the roster that they had last year, where they were so loaded at a lot of positions, and comparing this team, where guys like so Pavel Zaka, he was on their second line as a winger. Now he's going to be their first line center. I don't think you can, even though Bergeron was at the end of his career. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And now Charlie Coyle, he's going from the third line to the second line. And he's never been a great goal scorer, even though he does a lot of great things, especially on the penalty kill. He's not much of a goal scorer. So I don't I don't love their depth compared to last year, which I know is kind of unfair because their roster was so much better at the end of last year. Yeah, I mean it was insane last year. Insane. So, and they it was were, always gonna take a hit, but it was. And so I'll admit I don't have a ton of confidence in their in the Bruins entering this year, especially the way it last year ended, but I still think they're a decent good team i think people are some bruins fans are going too far in the other direction where like oh they're gonna suck now like no there's still yeah, there's still enough I don't think so. there's still enough there where they should still be winning in the like 40 high 40s low 50s maybe amount of games somewhere in that range yeah, sure 
Yeah, I mean, I I think that they're I mean they're absolutely still a playoff contender. Like they're the Atlantic Division, I think, is getting more difficult. So it's just going to be a question of you know who who is actually able to rise from that bottom four, and does someone fall out? Uh, I don't necessarily think it's me, the Bruins. I think the Bruins are going to finish in the top three of that division still. Uh, but then it's from there, it's kind of a question of, you know, how do they compete with some of those other top teams that are in that division? Yeah, I, I have all the confidence in the world that the Bruins will be a, a good regular season team. It's just once they get to the playoffs, <laughs> I guess no matter what roster they have, <laughs> once they get to the playoffs, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not feeling great. But but especially with the roster that they have now compared to the one that they have last year, where I thought last year they'd be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. While this year, it's, it's nowhere near as good. But yeah, looking at the other teams in their division, I still think, even though Tampa, I think has shown sign. I mean, losing the first round compared to winning multiple Stanley Cups and making right. it to another one. Yes, they're finally going to slow down, but they should still be up there. Toronto, they're <laughs> the Maple Leafs. They're the Dallas Cowboys. If you want to do football comparisons, <laughs> uh-huh. they're the Dallas Cowboys of hockey, where they have all this hype and they do nothing. In the playoffs. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, right. I think that the Maple Leafs are going to be good. Like another team is going to go to the playoffs, and that's a question of where do they go from there. Yeah. So. so they'll be in the mix as always. I think the Sabers. I, I don't know. I I think they could make a jump uh, this year. S- uh, maybe yeah, they just. I mean, I know losing Eichel was did not help, of course, but Tage Thompson was really great. And some of their other just other re-signed guys. Uh, Rasmus Dolan to yeah, a big who, extension. Who, who, who I think had a slow start to his career, but I think mm-hmm. has gotten better. And so I think Buffalo. I think if 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 any of the bottom teams make a jump, I'd probably say them. Maybe yeah, in between Buffalo and Ottawa. Yeah, um, I I like I think Ottawa has enough talent as well on their team. They have the other Kachuk brother and Brady Kachuk. Um, they signed Tarasenko, yeah, I mean, right? Yes, yes, they did sign Tarasenko. Uh, last year it was Claude Giroux. So I, I think that both of those teams, but the thing is for one of them, one of those top four have to fall out. And I think the one team that you haven't addressed here is the Florida Panthers, who I think they're due for a Stanley Cup hangover. Um, on top of the fact that Aaron Ekblad and uh, Brendan Montour are both out to start the season, they're two top defensemen, uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to get into the playoffs this year. I, I have them taking a, a bit of a stumble. Montour was such a force on the offensive end of the ice in that playoff series. Kachuk was by far in their way their best player, just the guy that just killed the Bruins and just anybody in their path outside of Vegas. But but uh, Brandon Montour, I mean that that tying goal, it just crushed my crushed my heart <laughs> into a million pieces. But even uh-huh. outside of that goal, he was definitely a force on the offensive end of the ice. So losing, not having him. Uh, how how long is he out for? They're both out. I, I've just heard like the first couple months to start the season. Oh, so, okay. so like that's 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 a decent amount of time. It is a decent amount of time. Yeah, that they if they get off to a slow start, it could be tough to come back from. And then the whole goalie situation, I don't really know what to expect. Yeah, I don't their, know what to trust with Bobrovsky. I know he had a, such a great two months, but I still I still think that contract is brutal, and I still don't know what to expect from him. And yeah, yeah and so, can you rely on Spencer Knight coming back after you know his absence? I don't is know. The Lion, is the Lion King still there? <laughs> yeah, Lion. right. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know that I have a lot of even faith though, in that team. Yes, they beat the Bruins, and they were a legitimate 
great a good good team great team entering the 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 final yeah, that, i mean they, the they, they won they won the president's trophy two years ago right. so so they're a legit team but if i were to pick a team to fall i would still pick them right yeah i feel like it's very hot takeish to say tampa and it's also like people said that about the penguins every single year but they continue to have all their top players in tampa you know they still have vasilevsky they still have um uh, i can't think of his name the really good goal scorer uh i keep wanting to say sveshnikov but it's not uh, uh, yes oh sebastian aho on the, no, we're talking about Tampa, not You said Savechnikov, who's on the, the Hurricanes. I know, I know. And I, I, why can't I think of the name of the, the Lightning player? Who's their best Sam player? Sam Hedman. Sam Coase and... Braden Point. Nikita Kucherov. <laughs> Kucherov, yes, yes. Like, they still have all those guys who won the Stanley Cup multiple times, back-to-back years, not that long ago. I think it's very hot take to say that Tampa is going to miss the playoffs entirely. I still have them in the top four here. Yeah, I do too. Because even though I think Tampa is finally showing signs of slowing down and not probably not making the cup again, they're still they're still pretty low on their top end talent. And yeah, I would take them seriously still. And yeah, they should still be a top four team. I agree. Yeah. So. I mean, I think the Atlantic has... It, we've seen the same group of teams make the playoffs the last four years. Metro has been similar, but uh, both the Penguins and the Capitals missed it last year. There are a lot of young teams, and uh, I do think that there are some, a lot of teams to be taken seriously in that division of the Eastern Conference, but it's hard not to feel high on the Penguins just after how this offseason unfolded how low things were at the end of the Ron Hexel era and then to replace him with Kyle Dubas, who, yes, the Maple Leafs choked every year in the playoffs, but he assembled a talented roster and he's added what I believe are some pretty solid additions to this team with, of course, the most notable one being Eric Carlson trading for him in August, giving up essentially nothing. Uh, it, it's it's hard for me not to think that the Penguins, like, you know, you think what the Bruins are going to make the playoffs. And it's just a question of what can they actually do when they get there. So I want to believe in this team Stanley Cup chances, but I mean, it's going to take a lot. I, I recognize that, but I overall think that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin continue to play great. As long as they can continue to play great and stay mostly healthy, this team should be in position to compete with some of these other teams in that division, like Carolina, the Rangers, New Jersey. Um S- Say what you want want about Eric Carlson's defense. (laughs) Even though he won the Norris Trophy, he's not (laughs) Uh, great on that side of the ice. It's all about offense. Still, you'll take it, though. He had 100 points last year. Yeah, and on now a bad San Jose on, Sharks on a team. bad, bad Sharks team. Like they suck now. Yeah. So if he's doing that right. with the Sharks, imagine what you can do. Granted, it's an aging Penguins team, but the Penguins are a much better team than the Sharks at this point. Uh, even if even if their their best players are getting older now. Uh, Tane Malkin still averaged a point per game last season. The so. fact that you can get you can have Carlson and Latang on different power plays to be like the right. QB, the, the 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 point guard of their power plays on separate ones. Like that's, I would definitely take that in a heartbeat. 
Yeah, so the Penguins' power play was very middling last year after being one of the best in the league year after year. So I think if the power play gets better right there, that should lead to a lot more goals and a lot more wins. Um, I mean, Jake Ensel was supposed to miss the first few weeks of the season. Penguins announced he's playing tonight, so that's exciting injury news. And just overall, I, I think that for the most part, a lot of the bad players are not here anymore. I don't know if the guys who came in are going to be significantly better, but... Um, it's refreshing. Noel Ashiari, Lars Eller, um, Ryan Graves. He's going to pair with Chris Letang instead of Brian Dumoulin, who phenomenal during the Stanley Cup run. Not the same player at all at this point. So he's in Seattle now. Marcus Pedersen, he's going to team with Eric Carlson Ral- for a Rally- Swedish line. Yeah, Riley Smith. And Riley Smith. Riley yeah. Smith, I didn't like him with the Bruins, but ever since he left the Bruins, I think he's been a solid <laughs> uh, player. And yeah, yeah really trading for a third round pick. Golden Knights. I would take right. I would take Riley Smith. He was look, he was not the biggest factor in the Golden Knights win last no, year but... by any means. And it's not a huge loss for the Golden Knights, but he but he is a solid player and was solid for their team and I I I would take him as my as my second line, se- yeah, second line winger. Maybe not on the Bruins again because when he was on the Bruins, <laughs> uh, uh, it was it was very underwhelming. But ever since he's left there, he's been he's been good. Yeah, I mean he he's essentially replacing Jason Zucker. Who I mean Zucker, he started off not great in Pittsburgh and then was really good I, by the end. And hopefully, I, I Riley would, Smith I would can take do the Riley same. Smith, uh, even okay. if even if. Even if Riley Smith is not like he's he's not he's not a big goal scorer, but he can be like a twenty twenty guy. Yeah, and that the Penguins will take that. Like it was it was amazing just looking at the team last year and just the drop off you had after those top six of Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Raquel, Zucker, and Rust, and then Latang. There's just nobody else did anything for this team. So it would be nice to see if uh, you know some of these acquisitions work out. I think to me the big question mark. You know, we didn't necessarily talk about the the goalie tandem in Boston, um, which yeah, I mean, the they, thing, one the of thing the best with, in the league there. Yeah, the thing with I, I wanted them to trade Allmark. I did. I don't know if they could have. Maybe maybe other teams realized, hey, the Bruins situation is they need to get under the cap, and what better guy to trade than their their goalie, uh, who because because they have two really good regular season not playoffs <laughs> regular season goaltenders and Allmark and Swayman I really don't think going from Allmark to Swayman is a drop-off it's arguably not a drop-off um and Allmark probably just had one hot year uh and I would have loved to trade him and get a legitimate what if it's defenseman or goal scorer center they're so like I mentioned earlier they're I don't love their center depth right now um it would have been nice to trade for a legit guy, whether it's winger, sediment, or defenseman, and 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 make Swayman the starter, and and someone else, just some other AHL guy, or some sign some guy off the street, <laughs> not literally, but you know <laughs> just, what I mean, uh, some veteran, uh, to be the backup instead, and create more cap space for other positions. And so I I don't I didn't love that they couldn't move Allmark, but. Mi- Maybe I don't realize this, but maybe they really couldn't have. Maybe they tried to, but they just did not find a good enough trade where it was worth trading them. Even if it was just, even if, even if you created salary cap space, maybe you don't want to just dump the guy. <laughs> I don't want to say yeah. that. I'm not going that far with Allmark. He had a really great year last year, even though I believe it was fluky. I don't want him to just get rid of him. I'm not going that far. Like I would, I want him. 
to get it, like a I mean, race. I would think that teams would have been seriously interested. Uh, I mean, the guy won the Vezina Trophy. Like, there were a lot of teams that could have improved their goaltending. It feels like there's so many teams in the league. There's just, like, a finite number of quality goaltenders. So I'd be surprised. I mean, I think the Penguins would have been more than happy to get him. I don't know if any of the rumors that were floated out there were I true. but rumors. <laughs> I, I was yeah, and they I, were true. <laughs> Well, to me, that that I mean, I would have been as well because I think that's the biggest right, question mark. Right, it's an upgrade Penguins, over Jari. <laughs> in theory, yeah. I mean, the Penguins brought back Tristan Jari, and, and the problem with Tristan Jari is when he's on the ice and he is committed to playing, he has shown that he can be a very good goalie in the NHL. The problem is he's not on the ice nearly enough, and the consistency when he's on the ice, there, there's something to be desired there. So. I have questions about bringing him back, um, especially on a five-year, $5 million AAV deal where it feels like you're giving uh, him a long leash here. And when your backup is Alex Nijelkovic, who is probably a downgrade from Casey to Smith, who was the, the top challenger to Jari last year, uh, the, to me, that's a, the big, big question. If Jari can stay healthy and he can play a reasonable number of games, I think he's more than fine. Uh, you know, he was a really good goalie before breaking his foot in March of 2022. And then um, that was the reason why the Penguins lost in the first round of the playoffs because they had to rely on a AHL journeyman in goal for a seven-game series with the Rangers. But it, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can question him. That's the one reservation I have about this team and why I'm not fully sold on their ability to compete with the best of the best in the East is that I think that there's a move that needs to happen in goal and probably it's just a better backup who can push Jari and make a situation like Allmark and Swayman together but th- that's my one my one serious concern with this team is that the goaltending situation is not where it needs to be that's so fair. yeah and I I mean I I think the Penguins will make the playoffs I mean I think the other three teams I got Carolina I think their defense is the best in the league and I think the Rangers and the Devils are, you know, two very young, exciting teams. The Rangers not really young yeah, the, anymore. The, the Rangers but... are so much worse than I thought they'd be. Granted, I thought they'd be, yeah, uh, a team that was going to be <laughs> in the in the mix to win it all. But they had so many. They, even the trade deadline, maybe I overrated it because Patrick. Right. Kane's I not, mean, they... Patrick Kane's not even on a roster right now. I know. And yeah, the Tarasenko for... didn't Tarasen... really. Uh... Like, those were those were. I thought those were great moves for them, and they turned out to be brutal moves for them. Where right, they, they got nothing out of those guys, or not nothing, but not enough out of them. And yeah, Patrick Kane's not even on a roster. Tarasenko's somewhere else. Like Timmy Panarin's making eleven million dollars a year, and he uh, came, dude, dude did nothing in the playoffs right. last year. Yeah. Did not show up. Yeah, Lafreniere has not lived up to the hype nope. after being the number one overall pick. Capo um, Capo, number two pick, has another lived guy up to that the hype. hasn't lived up to it. So, yeah, like outside of guys like Zabenejad and Kreider, yeah, Swedish Cop- Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> he actually is a DJ too. Yeah. Oh wow, that's wild. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh. And Shesterkin, another a Vesna. He he won the Vesna a couple of years ago, yep. right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, they were, and then, and having uh, a Norris Trophy winner too in their defense. Like they have legit guys in their. De- I thought they were going to be so good last year, and and that was before they made the Tarasenko and Patrick Kane moves. 
Yeah, so I, I know. I, and then they just flamed out in the playoffs. Flamed, I, that that really shocked me. I, I was surprised by that. So I definitely overrated them last year, and because of that, I feel down on them. Where I would still, I still think they're a playoff team, but Same. that's, a, but that's I, another team where what are you going to get from them after that? Right. Yeah. So I think that they're going to struggle getting out of the first round this year. Uh, I'm actually really high on New Jersey. I don't know. I mean, last year I thought they kind of grew up together. And uh, my one of my, my predictions this year is that I have Jack Hughes winning the Hart Memorial Trophy. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where he stands in the favorite list, but I, I think that's – I mean, he was a number one overall pick not too long ago, and I'm going to buy into the Devils taking Ascension. I also think that the Hurricanes are going to disappoint their fans in the playoffs like they do every single year. So – um <laughs> someone's got to win Corey, right <laughs> someone yeah right someone we, we, has to win i know mentioned like six teams like oh well, yeah we, so we like them uh out of the <laughs> we like them to make the playoffs but <laughs> what do we how do we yep. like them after that i guess yeah so i i have the devils winning the east i'm going kind of a bold prediction with that one um and also bold is i'm gonna say they beat toronto in the east conference finals i'll say the maple Leafs finally win two playoff <laughs> they, series they win two playoff series yeah but that's also like that's gonna age poorly is that whole division like i can make an argument for so many of those teams maybe it'll just be tampa honestly i'm gonna change it never mind tampa everyone's writing them off saying they missed the playoffs i'm gonna say they go to the eastern conference finals <laughs> wow that's wild um I kind of like. I kind of. I actually. Can I just agree with you on New Jersey? I actually. Cause, sure. Cause yeah. They, yeah. Because they impressed me in that. Well. Yeah, they they were really impressive last year, where they beat the they beat the Rangers and. Yep. Um. They didn't play well against the Hurricanes. No, I thought they that they not. would. But do the, much but better. the team that's on the rise, they're young and. Right. Um, with Hughes and and. I sure and, and and they they added Timo Meyer at the deadline last year. That was a great move for them. They picked mm-hmm. up Toffoli, a former Stanley Cup winner, great goal scorer. Yeah, so I I I'm actually gonna agree with you <laughs> on New okay, Jersey. Cool. I I, yeah, I, I, I I hate Dougie Hamilton, but <laughs> I can't stand that guy. But uh, but another former Bruin, another former Bruin. But I I did not like him. <laughs> um, but can't deny that he's great on the offensive end. And I guess another reason is because I, I don't know who to pick besides them because uh, there are a lot of teams that uh, I, I see as playoff teams, but I don't know beyond that. Like even the Penguins. Right. That's another team. Yeah, oh, I know. I think they're a playoff team, but they showed, they definitely showed signs of age at the end of that season. Although Crosby and Malkin can still <laughs> – they played every game right. last year, right? Yeah, Crosby. yeah, they played every single game, all 82 games, <laughs> which I don't know if that's happened in the 17 years together. Again. Yeah, right. I don't think it is either. So that's why they need the depth to be much better, which I think it is. But it's also like, you know, the Penguins year after year would just deal with health problems and they'd find a way to make the playoffs have a great regular season. And then they just disappoint in the first round year after year. And it just gets so frustrating. And I just that's all I care about right now. Just seeing them win a playoff series. And at that point, it's sorry. Anything can happen, like you said, with the Stanley Cup playoffs. So. Man, Toronto. If 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 it was played on paper, and you don't factor they, in right the, their choking history, they added they Tyler Bertuzzi, who was awesome for yeah. the Bruins last year. If it was just played uh, on paper, like I'd probably pick them, but I just never trust them now. There's just right. like, there's I know, enough. and I I realize I I don't want them going further than the Penguins after losing Kyle Dubas to the Penguins. I think that would be not 
great if mm-hmm. Brad Treleving takes over and is better for Toronto. I'll Even say, though the GM doesn't play, but I'll yeah. say I'll say New Jersey over Toronto. Just to All right, there you go. So up. that way you have my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm going New Jersey over Tampa. I'm pivoting there. Um, Out West, I think that Colorado in the Central Division, I think that they kind of get back together. I think they definitely dealt with some problems last year with Gabriel Landeskog being out the whole season in addition to other injuries. Um, I I like them much more. I was still surprised they lost to the Kraken last year. Right. Oh, I (laughs) know. I think the defending defending Stanley Cup champions (laughs) losing to an expansion team. I mean, it was second year, right? Yeah, it was their second year. Second year expansion team, still expansion team. Uh, that 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 still blew my mind. I don't care who they had out, unless it was like McKinnon or or, mm-hmm. or McCarr. But yeah, I mean, I I still like Dallas in the Central. Um, Winnipeg. I think a lot of people are also down on them. They just re-signed Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck to seven-year contract extensions, which I think nobody saw coming. So. I like the Jets being pretty good too, but I'm still going with the Avs. Feels like a safe, easy pick though. Um, I'm just going to copy and paste everything I've said the last three years and not go bold at all. Okay. Vegas and Colorado. Yeah. See, and I'm going to do the same thing last year. I'm going to pick Edmonton in the Pacific and I'm going to say Edmonton beats Colorado. I've never bought into Edmonton. This is the year. If we're, if we're crossing, if we're crossing sports, if we're crossing sports, (laughs) Uh they're the LA angels of hockey. (laughs) They got, they they got two studs players like Trout, like Otani. McDavid, Drysaddle, and they just, you they can't, just the rest of the team is not good enough to to win. In I get the cup. it, I get that, but you can't make that comparison anymore because the Oilers at least make the playoffs and win playoff series. The Angels can't even finish five hundred. <laughs> like it's, it's still, it, I, okay. I I get that. I get that, but I understand like, the best player. Yeah, no, can't, I can't sniff. A Stanley Cup. Yes. <laughs> right. And I, I get the concerns there. I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to pick them every year until it happens. It's like the Chargers. Actually, it's the, the, the <laughs> right. LA Chargers of, uh, <laughs> that I think is a better comparison. Because <laughs> at least the Chargers win games and make the playoffs every now and then and put up a fight here and there. But yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm never going to buy Edmonton unless if they like really improve their decor and <laughs> goaltending. Stuart I know that, right? They need to, yeah. They need to make changes. That's for sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy into them. I think they'll make moves at the deadline, and they'll find a way to, to get over the hype this year. Uh, it would be cool to see Connor McDavid, you know, go on a, you know, play on the biggest stage in the Stanley Cup Finals. I feel like you need to see that at some point. Uh, but you also haven't seen a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup since 1993. So picking them just it feels like a bad pick for that reason too. So. Um, and also, just to have it on the record, I'm going to say Connor Bedard wins the um, Calder Trophy. Wow, great! <laughs> very, very bold, right? Oh, that's bold. Yeah. You want you yeah. want my uh, heart uh, trophy? This is a real sure. sleeper pick. Um, okay. Uh, McDavid. There you go. All right. Sleeper, might... A big sleeper yeah. pick there, right? Only one of. Four times already. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, look. Sometimes you just got to throw something out there at us to be able to say you were right. Exactly. So. You can't go bold for everything. No, no. It, it is an interesting start at Bedard. They have him playing at Pittsburgh, at Chicago, at Montreal, at Toronto. It feels <laughs> to a little forced. Career. little forced. Right, right. Uh, so um, we'll see. Hopefully for our sakes, he starts 0-2. St- Stanley Cup prediction, 
Do you remember the 2001 Stanley Cup Finals? Colorado, Montreal? No. It, oh, wait, it, 2001. Sorry. I just said 21. I was like, what are you talking about? Two, um, yeah, I know it's the Avalanche. Was it Avalanche Devils? Yeah, it was Avalanche Devils. But I will say uh, the Avalanche, they, uh, they're, they go back to winning like they did okay. a couple years ago. All right. Cool. They, I mean, they won it in 2001, too. So. Right. All right. Nice repeat of that 22 years later. All right. I think that's it for NHL preview. So I'm sure we'll talk about hockey at some point in the next several months, but we'll definitely talk about it again at the end of the season in April. So look forward to that episode. Yeah. I look, I look uh, forward to bitching about the Bruins by then, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that uh, all of our, any type of optimism we have is going to be shot pretty quickly come that time of year. So um, obviously more football coming up more baseball as long as the playoffs are there um we got an nba preview coming up in a couple weeks for that yeah, season I'm, starting yeah, too so he's, uh, a mostly celtics preview <laughs> yeah i probably mean, probably yeah you know i think there's only so much you can say about them so hopefully we could provide some conversation related to the other teams too but all right that'll do it for this one so for my co-host brian wells i'm Corey Devontae. thanks everyone 